Welcome to ReachMD. This medical industry feature titled Elevating the Lab with High Sensitivity Troponin T is sponsored by Roche Diagnostics. Here's your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill. Given the growing focus on meeting emergency department quality measures, healthcare providers are challenged to reduce length of stay and triage patients as accurately and quickly as possible. The laboratory is a critical component of meeting these measures as they can influence turnaround times and provide clinical consultation on challenging cases. This is especially true when it comes to the adoption and integration of Gen 5 troponin T. So how are labs serving as a clinical partner in the utilization of highly sensitive troponin? This is ReachMD, and I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle. In the second episode of this three-part series, we'll be discussing this topic from a laboratory perspective. And I'd like to welcome our esteemed guest, Dr. Ibrahim Hashem, Professor and Chief of Clinical Pathology at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center, Parkland Memorial Hospital in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Hashem, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation and thank you for the opportunity, Dr. Cuddle. So diving right in, Dr. Hashem, why did your organization decide to adopt high-sensitive troponin T, and what was considered before making that decision? Well, the assay has been used in Europe for quite some time and has been shown to reduce ED dwell time because of its high sensitivity, and it has also allowed the development of various accelerated diagnostic protocols over there. Here we have one of the largest emergency departments in the country, 140 beds. The third busiest and frequently exceeding capacity is over 250,000 visits a year. Spain obviously being a frequent complaint. We were really thrilled when the assay was approved by the FDA and began discussions with our cardiology and ED colleagues on the need to adopt the assay and, and, and on how to examine its impact on our patients, particularly with the reduction in the ED dwell time. Now, let's talk about your role in both the pre- and post-implementation process of troponin T. Focusing on the pre-implementation first, what did your role look like? So there was enthusiasm for the new assay. I immediately knew that my role is going to be to provide the interface between the patient clinical care team, the assay end user, and the clinical laboratory. I also knew that the implementation was going to be a challenge to all concerned for various reasons. So, for example, for the patient care clinicians and nurses, the new generation assay offers numeric results that are very different from the current one, uh, from the old assay. Uh, where it reports the new assay reports whole numbers, whereas the old assay reported two decimal points. The units were also very different, nanograms per ml in the old, nanograms per liter in the new. One might mistakenly think it's a conversion factor, uh, but it isn't because the numbers do not really correlate at all. To the laboratory, we rarely encounter an assay update measuring the same analytes, such as proponent, but offers a completely different reportable values, as I mentioned, and that those values were not interchangeable at all. What should the limit of detection be? What should the analytical measurement range be? What is the critical value? And what are the clinical decision points that would, would be? The imprecision of the assay. So all of those were things that the laboratory had as questions that needed to be answered. The fact that the numbers were not interchangeable, I knew that this required a different approach altogether. Clinical correlation and outcomes analysis were going to be needed as part of the technical validation and implementation of, of the assay. So playing at the clinical interface, if the assay was to be utilized in the sample collection, transportation, processing, all that has to be done with a reasonable amount of time to allow for decision-making. Uh, the quality of the sample is also important. 
as a PI on our CDC-sponsored project, we were able to reduce sample hemolysis in the ED, and this is very important because it helps significantly with the implementation and with the ability to, 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 to produce those results in a timely fashion. We set up our clinical laboratory-led multi-speciality team made up of clinical chemistry, cardiology, emergency medicine, hospitalists, nursing, nursing education, um, health informatics, and laboratory administration, also enterprise, inter the enterprise project management folks were there. And we had to make decisions on a number of things. You know, do we set up a new uh, code for the um, health information system? We agreed on measuring both the Generation 4 and Generation 5 troponins, uh, releasing Generation 4 in the usual way, but keeping the data on the high sensitivity troponin uh, for the analysis until we understand. We, we did about a 1,000 patients. We carried on for about three months. So it was a very, um, uh, very lengthy process, but, but it was very helpful in terms of a team-led approach. Thanks for that insight, Dr. Hashim. And if we look at the post-implementation process, what changed? So it was a, a lengthy process. And so we set up, a, we initially had to set up our clinical laboratory, really led a multi-speciality team made up from clinical chemistry, cardiology, emergency medicine, hospitalist and nursing, nursing education, and various other people in administration. Health informatics was very important. And we had a serious number of decisions that needed to have been uh, to be made, you know, do we generate a new test code? How many patients do we need to collect? Uh, how are we going to do the validation? So one of the things that was very important is we, we ran the old and the new assay consecutively together. So samples coming from the ED, there were about 1,000 patients over a three-month period. We ran both assays. We only reported the Generation 4, the old assay, and we kept the data for the Generation 5 behind the scene in order to do the analysis and be able to come up with some kind of training modules and interpretation. The assays were validated very well. And precisionary assays were assessed and adopted. You know, we adopted clinical decision point. The uh, two assays correlated very well, especially when we did a clinical assessment of the patient. So we have three cardiologists uh, reviewing the data and reviewing the, the chart notes. Once we've gone live, was, you know, we had a, a clinical support team that was on call. I was one of the team members being on call, and we helped answering questions from nursing, from physician. They were really very few and often related to sample quality, missed serial timing, and a few on, on interpretation. The impact on, on the laboratory are sort of like post-implementation or actually I would say that the number of troponin requests increased. This was anticipated and was questioned. I'm a strong advocate for appropriate utilization of laboratory tests. And although some may consider over-dentalization as a significant problem, I personally believe that underutilization of laboratory resources is actually a more relevant problem than over-utilization. Troponin, I find it is an excellent example where it was used randomly, uh, mostly as a screen. It is now appropriately utilized with greater understanding of its utility, the impact on ED dwell time, the proportion of patients being ruled out, the cost avoidance to the other non-laboratory services um, has a more significant impact, in my mind, to the entire healthcare system than relatively smaller cost of a troponin asset. And now that the implementation process is complete, how has your role as a clinical partner changed? Well, as, as you said earlier in the introduction, the clinical laboratory is critical to meeting quality measures. We provide a lot of data and most of the information needed to make healthcare decisions. It raised our profile in the institution. The project was presented at national meetings, the ACC, cardiology meetings, and we won the Academy Outstanding Presentation Award. The project was presented at hospital quality improvements first and meetings. It was a very high-profile project. Senior executives were aware of both the progress and the outcomes. 
there is no really asset that I can recall that the clinical lab has introduced that gained so much publicity and had a, such a high profile, both within the institution uh, and for those with interest in healthcare outcomes and safety. For me personally, and for those in the clinical chemistry profession, it really showed how our expertise, both at the technical and clinical arena, were able to impact uh, healthcare at the forefront. Um, the after is now available and it's running, and this has really you know, generated a lot of interest among our faculty. I would receive requests for collaborative research with colleagues from different clinical departments um, who wants to really utilize the increased sensitivity of the assay to study the impact on various pathophysiology and the impact on the myocardium. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have three projects ongoing right now uh, as we speak. For those of you who are just joining us, this is Reach ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Ibrahim Hashim about high-sensitive troponin T. So, Dr. Hashim, now that we've covered how your individual role was impacted after Parkland Memorial Hospital's adoption of this assay, let's look at it from the institutional perspective. What's the biggest benefit you've noticed from the adoption of Gen 5 troponin T? All right. So, as I mentioned, we have one of the largest and busiest ED in the country. We were able to reduce the ED dwell time. This is a large county safety net hospitals, and the contribution of this implementation was immense. We've already seen and published on the impact and the disposition of our patients presenting with chest pain and those suspected of acute coronary syndrome. We estimate an upward of $2 million in savings just on bed occupancy. I'm currently a leading, a leading a project to accurately measure the impact on cost, and hopefully we'll be able to provide a more accurate figure soon. And what changes or impacts have you seen across the institution? So I have uh, since noticed a much increased collaboration with clinical team, between the laboratory and the clinical team. Uh, the project really elevated the role and the value of the clinical laboratory in the institution. It increased our visibility. Uh, many clinicians and nurses are now more aware of the lab processes and assay validations and sample quality and all of those things that go behind the scene uh, before the results become available uh, in the electronic health record. Interestingly, we took more collaborative roles. So as we all know, the laboratory you know, will measure as part of the quality of the turnaround time for the sample testing, the quality of the samples. But what we've done on this occasion, in addition to teaching you know, on hemolysis reduction that I talked about earlier, we record the time from uh, the order was made uh, to the time the sample was collected, to the time the results became available. And that is quite critical, uh, particularly if you want to, you know, have those results uh, early enough to make a, a clinical decision on, on subsequent samples or if you want to do serial measurements or if you have a protocol uh, to follow. Before we wrap up, Dr. Hashim, do you have any parting words of advice for other systems considering the adoption of high-sensitive troponin T? So, very important, lesson number one, multi-speciality team is central really to the success of the implementation and to the process. Different areas have different needs and expectations, and those needs to be addressed. The assays, we run both generation four and generation five assays, and, that, and we released only the generation four results in the usual way, and we used the data behind the scene for the high sensitivity to develop the training material, to develop the interpretation and the understanding of the assay. And I think those two were central to the whole process. That's a great way to round out our discussion. And with that, I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Ibrahim Hashim, for helping us better understand the adoption and impact of Gen 5 troponin T from a laboratory perspective. Dr. Hashim, it was great speaking with you today. Thank you very much, Dr. Cordell. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. This program was sponsored by Roche Diagnostics. 
Doing Now, What Patients Need Next. If you missed any part of this discussion, or to find others in this series, visit reachmd.com slash troponin. This is ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.